everyone and welcome to episode two of The Game Tree. I'm Peach and I'm joined again by my lovely co-host Justin. How are you doing Justin? I'm doing quite well my friend, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Happy New Year as well. Happy New Year. It's so nice to be back um, and thank you to everyone who's listened to episode one um, and given us such lovely feedback. It's been really nice knowing how much you guys have been enjoying it so that's always good. <laughs> good feedback is a good thing, rumor has it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the feedback has been really great, and uh, we appreciate everybody's kind words, and uh, we hope they continue. Please continue to give us good feedback. <laughs> well, keep going anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, but today we we are not alone. Um, I'm so happy for us to be joined by a streamer and content creator who is a dear friend of ours. It is the amazing Tanuki Bomb. It's Hi. my turn to talk. Hello. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm just quietly watching you talk. But hi. Hello. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know Tanuki Bomb, he is most often known as Kiki on Twitch. Real name Craig. But I've always called you Kiki. Yeah, everybody knows me as Kiki now. I feel weird call calling you Craig. Yeah, so, uh, I was in a stream today and someone was calling me Craig and I was like, that's not my name anymore. <laughs> It's not my name. I've changed. I called you by your name. Well, first of all, you don't like the way Americans say it. So oh, yeah, I'm, that's I'm probably always... why I have the nickname in, in complete honesty. It's just yeah. because whenever Americans say my name, it's like, Greg? Craig? No. Craig. <laughs> and you're like, what did you call me? And so ever since, ever since that moment, I'm like, Kiki? Yeah, if anyone says my name's Craig, I start on them. It's just typical rule of thumb. <laughs> Um, so it's been about a month since we recorded episode one. Um, and Justin, I feel like you're going to give me a really long list of games, but I was wondering uh, what new games you've been playing since we last spoke on her. So right before we started this podcast, I was like, I need to come up with a list of things that I've been playing. And uh, <laughs> this time of year for me is always very stressful. It's when all the games come out. And since I uh, have another podcast where I do a game of the year show, I try and play as much as possible. Uh, so I'm going to just run down the list very quickly of all the things that I've played, and then I'll pick a couple of them to talk about uh, that I've been enjoying more than others. Uh, so since Hit us with them. Yeah, since we last talked, I've played... Uh, I actually started Assassin's Creed Valhalla on our last show, and I got to play some more of that. I started Spiritfarer, Scourgebringer, Call of the Sea, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Superliminal, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Haven, Lithium City, and Star Renegades. In not many, is that it? Yeah, not is that, that many. That's, that's it. In addition to playing a decent amount of Call of Duty and Warzone. He said duty. I said duty. <laughs> uh, duty. Yeah, so a lot of these games are short little experiences, and some of the ones that I, I've started uh, are actually longer than I thought. Uh Let's talk about Spiritfarer, which is a game that I really think you would enjoy. I still got it sat in my Switch library. I promise you I'm going to play it soon. I really want to. It does tend to be one of those games that you download and stare at and then go, not today. No, one I, day, but I, not today. I have a lot of those games where I stare at them and think, I'm ready to start. No, not <laughs> yet. One day, though. One day I'll be glad this is installed on my hard drive. You should put it in your little black book, in your calendar. 
get ready make a day make it spirit fairer day spirit fairer day yeah. i will i will do that i will do that so two weeks from now <laughs> spirit fairer is a is a management sim where you've replaced charon um who ferries the river ferries souls on the river sticks and uh you have a cat and you're this cute little girl and you have a boat that you need to build out and all the souls that you're collecting are these like hooded figures until you get them to come join on your boat and then once they join your boat they turn into talking animals and you need to kind of like help them reconcile whatever's going on and as they're on this like in between life and death and then bring them to the gates where they like they pass on it's probably one of the nicest looking games i've played in years it's hand drawn it's just got a beautiful art style it's very beautiful like just the music beautiful the scenery beautiful the animation's all great and the things that you're doing are really good fun like if you liked stardew valley you will probably enjoy this because it gets very management heavy fast you know your you know your boat is traveling on this giant body of water and you're traveling from place to place but you actually have to travel and so while you're traveling that's when you're doing like your management stuff like okay well all these people need to eat, which means I need to cook, but I can't cook without having crops, which means I tend to have to tend to the crops. And sometimes you need to do mining activities or smelting, or uh, I have a sheep now uh, that I need to, oh, what do they call it when you take all the fur off of a sheep? And they call it something. Shearing. Shearing. Yeah, shearing. Yeah. And then you have to create linen for clothes and, and things like that. And then you get to all these places where you can run around. It's a 2D game, but you can explore. And there's upgrades that you could get to reach areas that you haven't been to before. It's a lot. It's also a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I thought maybe this was like a 10 to 15 hour experience. It's more like 25 to 35. So How many hours have you put in so far? Probably about eight. Eight or nine. <laughs> all right. So I've hit the point where it's like, yeah, I've seen it and I'm enjoying it. It's a little slow paced at the start. Um, the, Mm -hmm. the, sometimes the traveling from place to place in the beginning just takes a while because you're like, well, I don't have anything to do. Like I don't have any of the materials that I need yet because I haven't found them or gone to the right place yet because it's it's kind of open world like you could choose where you want to go and there yeah there's mission objectives over here but you're like but what if i go over here and like you find things um it's neat though um i mean you're speaking my language i do enjoy a good bit of management yeah and uh it does look really beautiful i've seen other people play it and it does look really lovely i think the one thing that i can say about because i haven't played it i i was drawn to the art style immediately but the thing that really kind of like it reminds me of is almost uh, a clean version of fallout shelter just the way that you manage your boat and like move rooms around i've just pulled it up again to have a look just to make sure to confirm what i'm saying but it does (laughs) look very similar to the mobile game confirm yeah it can confirm (laughs) yeah and that part of the game is actually very satisfying it's kind of like you're playing tetris on the ship you could eventually make your ship bigger because you need to build all these structures, but they need to fit on the ship. So you'll be doing a lot of management where it's like, okay, well, now I, I need to build a, this other person a house, but I need to reconfigure all these buildings on the ship to make this fit. 
And so like all that stuff is is a lot of fun. Like I find that type of management very satisfying. God, I love me some organizing. I was going to say the only thing about this game since we all stream is I think it's a hard streaming game because it's very text heavy. And is it text heavy or is it vo- is other is it like um voice acted no, or is it's, it heavy uh, on the streamer to be able to speak it out? It's it's not voice acted. So it's oh. a lot is it of like, reading. Is it like is it is it night in the woods text heavy? Not as text heavy as night in the woods. Because there's a lot of times where you <laughs> can run around. streaming that was difficult. Yeah. I lost my voice after that stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Voice acting every character with different voices. <laughs> you know it, that all too well. Yeah, it takes a lot out of your throat. Like, I've been trying to mm-hmm. drink daily just to <sighs> make it the rust in my throat disappear. So text heavy, I can understand that could be a difficult thing as a streamer. Yeah. As well as balancing Chang to your stream and you know combining yeah, the two keeping them going mm. it's a it's a cool game and i definitely think that both of you should take a look at it just maybe not while other people are watching you play video games i think i think i think that's why i haven't played it yet because i've been so kind of concentrating on games i'm playing on stream um and just in my spare time i just play like animal crossing and stardew but it's definitely something that i want to pick up it, uh, in my own time it kind of reminds me like what you just said about not really having time to play certain games because you're you're wanting to stream and that's your schedule is fitting around fitting games around when you're streaming and i assume you guys have the same struggle as me where you download a game or you buy a game and you're really excited to play it but you have to kind of judge whether or not that game is stream worthy or personal time worthy and when it fits into the personal time one are you ever going to get around to playing it because you're always so active streaming? And do I even have the brain power? Do I even have the brain power after streaming all day to then play a whole new game and put the concentration into that? It's difficult. <laughs> the good thing I would say, though, with Spiritfarer, which is kind of what Justin was talking about, that management system, it seems like one of those games that, yeah, you can get lost in, in, in the world and doing these missions, but like moving the houses around... To me, that can be one of those bedtime sort of just before you go yeah. to sleep, you just I need to fit a house in. So I'll just pull out my my switch and do a little bit and hopefully that'll tire me out and then I'll go to bed. We'll tuck it out. Yeah, tuck it out, turn the light off, pat on the head, tuck me in, <laughs> move my houses around for my villages. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Um, oh, God, he's still going. He's still going. Yeah, I'll, I'll that do was this the first game. On <laughs> that the was list. just the first game. But yeah, I mean, I've like I've played about 10 hours of Valhalla. I'm just putting that on hold while I try and bang out some of this other stuff. Scourgebringer is a really cool roguelike that I played that's on Game Pass. Uh, I keep the seeing it compared to deck builders. Scourgebringer? Is, yeah. I think you're thinking of Monster Train. Scourgebringer is more like Dead Cells. Ah, roguelike. Well, yeah, it's like um, Scourgebringer, the actual tagline of the game is like, oh, it's like the baby of Celeste and Dead Cells. And that's an absolutely perfect way to describe it. Because you could jump up in the air and just slash and never come down. It's just, it's very hectic. I enjoy it a lot. I just, I spent like three or four hours with it. And I'm like, okay, I know what this is. I'll maybe come back to this later. Yeah, it's art style reminds me of Celeste meets Hyper Light Drifter. Yes, Hyper Light Drifter is a great game. Oh my god! Um, the thing I spent the most time with uh, two games is Destiny Two, 
which I'm playing just an obscene amount of every night with my friends. And um, a game called Haven, which is also on Game... Go, just get Game Pass if you don't have Game Pass. My God. Game Pass Incredible is value. Um, I'm a sucker for romance. And Haven is a game about two people who have left some sort of society in the stars where they are not allowed to make decisions for themselves, that they're determined to be with whoever this government says that they should be with. And these two people have escaped to um, this other planet and they're trying to survive there and not be found. And it is part, part, I wouldn't even say mad, not, not management, but it's part visual novel where the two characters come up on the screen and they're talking to each other about whatever's happening in their lives. So it's like, we're hiding from, we're hiding from this, this society or what are we eating tonight? Or you didn't take the trash out, like going back and forth. And you're controlling the dialogue for both. So you can really control how their relationship is going to go. And the rest of the game is um, them trying to survive on this planet. So they need to collect materials. They need to figure out how not to be found. They need to figure out the secrets of the place that they're they're living on. Because this place looks like it was deserted or it was never habited. And they find out it was deserted at some point why and how it comes to that point the story gets into but it was a really beautiful game about the relationship of two people who are fighting to be together and to what lengths they'll go to to stay together and um i love the soundtrack because the soundtrack is by danger who i really enjoy and finding out that they were doing the soundtrack was just another reason that i was going to try this game and it's a thing i've been listening to the most and yeah it was about 15 hours to beat and it's one of my definitely top 10 games of the year i think it was super enjoyable nice i don't have to talk about the rest of them they're all all those games are also pretty cool i am i don't i don't really have much to add on the haven apart from i i remember following it closely for a while on instagram uh the name eludes me at the at the current time i've been trying to find it while i was listening to you i searched haven and art and it came up with uh, the haven holiday parks that made me giggle a bit <laughs> had to keep that in um i wonder what he was laughing at <laughs> but the art style to me was the main reason that haven seemed so appealing and it's kind of got like that persona five where the characters come in and they're having that dialogue um and i just remember keeping up with the with the process of the game because the artist who did it was someone i followed on instagram and because of that, I've been interested in playing it. And the combat's turn-based, right? Yeah, it has turn-based combat, which is... I mean, the game comes out and tells you, like, hey, you could drop this to the easiest difficulty, but this is not a difficult game. And it really... It's not. The, the combat's just there to give you, like, a little flavor of something else. But Just to keep it alive while we just, explore yeah. the relationship between the yeah. two. And so it's yeah. mostly just about that. And so the combat was... You know, you could basically sleepwalk through it for the most part, which is fine. It's not why I'm there, but sure, it gives a little added flavor to the world. It's interesting because I think with the with the turn-based combat, um, the only thing I've really seen of the game is a trailer in which uh, the combat was quite heavy in it. Obviously, it was focusing on the two of them, but it was showing the elements of the game. And the one thing that made me question playing the game was during the combat, they spoke... For every single turn, they like attacked an enemy and they, they did a quip every single time. 
And I was like, if I play that game and they quip every single time, I'll be like, wow, they are, they're either so into each other <laughs> that they have to flirt at every fight or I'm going to get really annoyed at this. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when I had started playing the game you had told me that and so for every combat encounter every time there was combat i was like this is what yep this is what kiki was talking about so it's definitely still very there your turn you're up let's go impress oh, me irritating i mean if combat isn't so so prominent in the game and he is focusing on that relationship building playing it easy i suppose would allow you to get past that and Everything I've heard about the game is that the story and the relationship is the key thing about it. Yeah. The thing that makes it such an awesome game. So if you can fly past the combat, then I'm I'm way more intrigued into the game than I was before. I think since it's on Game Pass, just launching it and watching this like beautiful hand-drawn animation that brings you like kind of up to the title card of the game is just worth launching on its own. Because it is really great. And then the first, play the first hour. And if you're not into it in the first hour, you're going to know because that's what the remaining 15 hours or so is. Yeah. Okay. It's gotten great reviews. Yeah. 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 72%. It's not bad. But yeah. Game Pass, it's it's basically free. It's great. Game Pass is so cheap, and I always recommend it to everyone. All right, I'm gonna it's quickly. Crazy cheap. I'm gonna quickly mention one more thing that I started yesterday, uh, just because it. it's not something I would usually play. Uh, so a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was the Game Awards, and the Game Awards, um, it's the award show for video games with Jeff Keighley, and there was the best story category, and there was a game that popped up that I had heard about in months past, and then kind of forgotten about, and it's called Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim. Oh, that's the uh, the anime game, right? Yes. I've heard amazing things about it, but it just gets lost in a sea of anime games. So yes, I, I'm with you on that. My intrigue on that since seeing it in the Game Awards. So I had heard that this game is just bonkers. It's a Vanillaware game. And so Vanillaware, um, their last game was Dragon's Crown on the PS3, which I think also came to PS4. And... They are beautiful games, just beautiful animation, but they love them some titties. Oh my goodness. If they can draw, they, if they can draw boobs, they will make them so comically large. It's ridiculous. Um, but we're there so, for the story. We're there for the story. <laughs> and Dragon's Crown was supposedly this great game, but like so many people could not get past just the heavily sexualized art style. This game tones that down somewhat because they're talking about literal teenagers in high school who pilot these giant mechs to fight kaiju. Yeah. Kind of kind of straightforward, except the game seems like it's kind of like lost and there's some weird time travel-y stuff happening. And so I had just heard for, for a while, like, this game's got a bonker story, but it's worth seeing through. And so I played the first maybe two hours yesterday and within 30 minutes i was like well i have to see how this game ends because it's, you gotta stick with you it you gotta stick with it that game is 99 percent, 90 percent visual novel where you're you know you're walking around a scene talking to people and that's it and then you're like kind of like choosing like okay i could talk i could they mentioned this thing let me press them further about this and then the other half yeah. is this turn-based Looking like almost like you're in um, 
you're in Tron, like you're inside of a computer, basically combat against these kaiju. And that part is, ugh, throw that away. I don't, I don't like any of that. Focus but on this, the visual novel. This weird story that's going on about time travel and these mechs and these characters and these teenagers about who are in these mechs, it is weird and it's got my attention and I'm going to definitely see that through. But it's, un- like I said, it's it's not something that I would usually play and it's caught my attention. It reminds me a lot. I, um, I've been watching this anime on Netflix I'm not too into 3D animes, especially with the Netflix code that they got going on, where they just spew out 3D animes like they have nothing else to do. But there's this one called Revisions, where these characters pilot mechs, and they fight creatures of sort, and there's time travel element, and this game is literally sounds exactly the same as that. And because I've watched that anime, I'm like, okay, I need to play this game now. But then I they'll was, merge together. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting because I was like, I don't want to spend $60 on this if I don't know that I'm going to really enjoy it. And then like the video game gods were like, I got you, fam. And they dropped it to 30 bucks on sale. And I was like, all right, well, that I could do. Plus, our friend is Megs this... is playing it right now. And so she was like, I like this. And I was like, ah, an endorsement from Megs is enough for me. Yeah, exactly. If someone's going to promote the game like Megs, then you're going to take the word, aren't you? Yeah. Um. This game's only on PS4, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, PC Master Race self can't really... No. no. Oh, no. You can't enjoy it. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like me with Persona 5. It's on PlayStation. Can't play it as much as Justin wants oh me to. Oh, my God. I want you to play Persona 5 so bad. <laughs> Remember that time, Justin, day, that you day. played through Persona 5 Royal? And uh, do you see where I'm going it. here? I don't want to talk about it. What what happened? I don't think I mentioned this. Le- I didn't mention this when we were doing our <laughs> no. I don't think you did game islands. So yeah, I played Persona Five. I mentioned that as one of my five games. And the reason I would also be fine replaying Persona Five is because Japan is weird with their DLC, and since Royal is kind of DLC for Persona Five, but they just embed it into the game. There are certain (laughs) things that you need to do to see that content, which I did not know. So I spent 80 hours playing the game and then found out I missed the other 30 extra hours that I could have had. So you basically played Persona 5. I played Persona 5 with some (laughs) extra characters that I could talk to here and there. Uh, But yeah, I missed about 30 to 35 hours of extra content. I can imagine there was a, a Justin Overwatch moment there pure rage i so i went into my discord because there was friends of mine in my discord who were kind of like guiding me along the way and i was like why would you not tell me They're like we didn't want to spoil it and i'm like this is not that's not a spoiler like if if he had said like oh uh this character you have to have you have to have at relationship 10 by this date and i was thinking like okay if i want to max this character's relationship status out i just i have to do it and i got them like seven but i never really found that character to be super interesting and then that character leaves the game but if that if you don't max out that character relationship on by november 10th or whatever the date was you don't get to see the extra content it's just gone but the game never gives you that warning anywhere so it's like oh cool if i want to go see that entire other story which is supposedly very good 
I need to replay the entirety of Persona 5. And you do have to put a lot of hours into that game. I played 70 and I'm not even... I think I'm just over the halfway mark. Yeah, it, I mean, I it just depends. get lost in the in in the world, and I don't go and do the dungeons or or whatever. Well, I the, just spend my time batting cages and yeah. eating food. I mean, there's Persona that's, that's like a great time. That's the best way to spend your time, time Persona. Yeah, <laughs> I'm charismatic yeah. as hell. <laughs> I was very angry about that for like a solid three weeks, and. Stomping I had, people feet. still don't let you live it down. <laughs> I had let it go, and now Kiki has brought it back and put it back in front of me where I could sit here and stew about it again. I'm oh, here to prod yeah. you. That's, that's basically my job. That's what he does. That's what, what does. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's my turn to prod you. So, oh no. My friends, what are some of the things that you've been playing of late that you would like to talk about? Oh. Um, is this for me to take? I, I, I mean, I only have, I only really have one new game to talk about because well, that's. Pete, uh, you take it. I, I so rarely, like I said before, even if it's in my own time, I so rarely pick up new games these days because the games I play are kind of mostly just on stream. Um, mm. But I started playing Graveyard Keeper, which I've been wanting to play for ages, and people always recommend it to me because they're like they kind of compare it to like a, like a a cursed Stardew. Stardew with graves. Stardew with graves. Um, yeah. And aside from the fact that there is a very, very small tutorial and there's a lot of complicated things that you have to know and remember, um, aside from that, I've really, really enjoyed it. So the kind of the, the story is you're just this guy who has like a dream, I think, and just ends up in this town and he has no idea where he is. And he's just like, OK, but can I go home now? <laughs> um and he's like greeted by this skull on the floor called Jerry, who tells him that he's like <laughs> and now a graveyard keeper. That's Jerry. kind of Jerry. Um, and yeah, this kind of this donkey comes along and drops off a corpse every so often. And you have to do an autopsy on it and, and take out its blood and, and all of those things. And then you bury it. And like the, the graveyard is kind of um, in a sorry state and you have to update it renew things to kind of get it to like a a good state and and the bishop judges you on it and it's it's really weird when you say it out loud it, but, it does um, sound very tragic yeah it really does <laughs> it's like st stardew's a kid's game right and this kind of looks like stardew. stardew is not a kid's game it, it is it's not a kid's game if stardew i mean is a kids it's got game, a great appeal to kids you. then i'm in trouble Oh, Justin, I'm with you on that. I can't play Stardew. I, I, I fail at every hurdle. Yeah, but Stardew... Well, Justin gets drunk when he's playing Stardew and flirts with all of the NPCs, so... Oh, there's a specific one that. he flirts with. <laughs> and, they, and they usually crush his dreams. Oh, man, that was <laughs> painful. We don't talk about that. You know what's really funny was I was... Uh, I was at work today and I didn't have Peach, I didn't have you up on my main screen. You were like behind another window, but I had my headphones on, so I was listening to the stream. Blasphemy. And I don't know how no, many terrible. times you said today, my faith just isn't high enough. My faith is not strong <laughs> enough. And I'm like, what is this stupid game that she's playing? And I, I clicked <laughs> over and I'm like, oh, it's it's Stardew with dead people. <laughs> you plant the you plant the dead people like crops. And then 
you give them to your friends and they hopefully will like it. That's what I took. That's what I got out of the game. No, you were so wrong. Oh, Literally replace the plants with dead bodies. <laughs> I just see and you that. have the same formula. I mean, they make they make for good fertilizer. They do. Um, Jerry, here's a but... skull. I know you really like skulls. <laughs> but I, well, another thing I did really like about it was just the the humor in it. it like the kind of the conversations between um, the the main character and the NPCs, there's just always a hint of sarcasm into everything that's said. And um, it's quite fun to be able to kind of read what they're saying out loud on the stream and everything. And I really enjoy playing it, like more than I even thought that I would. And now I'm just like, as much as it confuses me and it's like, there's only certain people that you can only talk to on certain days and if that day passes, you have to wait a whole week for them to come along again. And God, that is frustrating as hell. Um, but over time, I'm kind of picking it up more and I'm I'm enjoying it. But that's literally the only new game I think I've started over the last month. Have you ever played? I'm going to assume this is a yes, but you ever played the Harvest Moon games? I did a long, long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago, which which I loved, obviously. Of a very um, similar category again. Yeah, I mean, Stardew was heavily influenced yeah. by Harvest Moon. Yeah, um, it's just, it's just, it's just my kind of games, you know. Just like them a lot. The there's the other one as well. Uh, is it Rune Factory? I see people who play yeah. in, in in these circles of like Stardew, and and um. I ne I never so played it. I actually it's... never. I I never jumped on that on that wagon. But um, from what I've seen. It, I guess it looks like my kind of thing. It's very much more kind of anime style. But um, I tell yeah, you, never, one that is that pretty, one. pretty good. That's similar in that kind of realm of like uh, farm management and planting and all this sort of thing. Is is the it's on Game Pass again. I've I've streamed it once, um, and it's a game that I I think will just keep getting better. Is Ooblets. Mm -hmm. It's on my wish list. I really want it. <laughs> it's on Game Pass. Is Ooblets on, Ooblets on Game it's Pass? It's not on Game Pass, is it? No. I swear it is. It's no, on It's in don't... early access on Game Pass. Uh, uh, no, sorry. It's in early access on Xbox. Other, trust me, I would have played Ooblets if it was uh, on I was going to say, don't, don't, don't play with me like that, Kiki. <laughs> Ooblets is great. It's charming. It's cute. It's kind of like there's... Uh, I, if I remember correctly, there's like a card element to it where you do dance battles. Um, yeah. It's kind of Pokemon-esque where you collect different ooblets, you join a club, uh, mm -hmm. you customize your character, and you farm manage and you plant and grow and develop the space where your house is. And it ticks so many boxes that I don't know why I'm not playing it again. <laughs> I've seen people play it and I really I really I really have enjoyed watching people play it and I'm just like I really want this game but I just haven't I haven't I haven't branched out and got it. You ready for this? Watch this. This is this is good. What? The next podcast we do we'll have on a streamer who has played a lot of Ooblets and they'll be she able to has. they'll be able to talk about it in depth because I think they've completed all of the content. <laughs> That's out for that game right now. Oh, there you go. Sorry, you got the, you got more, the wrong streamer today. Chat. More Ooblets chat to come. More Ooblets chat to come. Yeah, but I'm, Stay I'm, tuned. I'm interested in that game. You know, a lot with me is I don't really like to dig into early access games. 
like I want to buy them so that way I could support the process of them getting to 1.0. Like, hey, if a dev that I know, like Rogue Legacy, Rogue Legacy is out right now in early access and I bought it and I'm not going to launch that game until it hits 1.0 because like I just want to play the finished experience. I'm, I'm currently watching a doc right now on the making of Hades because that was the first game that Supergiant la- uh, launched in early access. And so the doc is obviously completed. But while they were working on the game, this doc was being filmed and coming out like every three or four months or something like that. And you see just the differences between when the game first started in early access to like the 1.0 release. And like as cool as it would have been to know and see like, okay, I'm seeing what Hades is, but there's a lot more that's coming. I think I would just, I know I would prefer to wait till 1.0. So same thing with Ooblets. It looks awesome. But when I dig into a game, I'll usually complete the whole thing and I'll be more likely to not return to it if I've already touched it. You know what I'm saying? So I'll yeah. wait until it's all done and then jump into it. I'm completely with you on that one. I, 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 I kind of feel like you've answered my question of why I'm not playing Ooblets again. Is that with early access games, like you say, it's, it's good if you believe in a developer or uh, an individual uh, creator and just to like be there and help them on the process. Um, but it's it's when you start a game as it's being created and it's not fully finished there are areas of of the game where there's like a wall or a fence and it's like oh you'll get this soon stay tuned um and the type of player that i am um it's the same reason why i've stopped playing cyberpunk is that if something comes out and it doesn't seem finished i don't see it 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 sounds weird but i don't see it as a game i see it as a program and it becomes less enjoyable it like pulls me out of what i'm actually doing and my immersion so to speak um, it does it takes away the immersion absolutely completely and you see those boundaries you see the things that aren't created yet and i think there's a type of player that um can forgive those things i i, I typically find it with uh like a completionist almost that they will check every nook and cranny and and make sure everything's done and during the development progress uh, process, they can be there and see that place and then come back to it later on. But the kind of person I am, I got busy hands. So it would be like, I'll be playing that game as soon as I come across something where I'm like, uh, I'm a, I, my emotions ruined a little bit. Uh, my excitement for it has come away and then something else will pop up and it'll take me away completely. And then I just won't return to it because I've been hit by this wall uh, barrier of the process, uh, the early access, and then I just won't come back to it. But I know there's players that do do that, and I think you have one next week, on next podcast. Next month. Look, look at you, foreshadowing. Excellent. <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah. Segway. You know what's next a, podcast? You know what? Uh, what is a game that launched in early access that seems like a good version of it though? Is uh, Teardown. Oh yeah, no they they did early access right. I don't feel like it's an early access game at all. That's one of the ones that, that I have been playing recently. Um, it just seems like a fully fleshed out game because the style of it uh, being tons and tons of voxels, it doesn't look like uh, they're going to upscale it later on. It looks finished already with its art style and the missions that you can do. And I don't know what 
what makes a game qualify for that kind of, I don't know, excuse with early access, but Ooblets is kind of one where I'm like, I see the wall, but tear down, I don't see the wall. I don't know why exactly why that happens, but maybe something because it's more Ooblets is, you know, with tear down, it's a mission based thing, right? And so the missions are already in there. And as far as I can understand with Teardown, they're going to be adding more to the, the periphery, a periphery of that game where, you know, they're not adding in new areas or new quests or anything like that, as far as I can understand. Where you jump into a map and the map is, this is the map. They're not changing anything to it. Like, yeah, sure, they might change the way some of the physics work later, but that could be done just as a, as a patch. Whereas in something like Ooblets where it's like, you know, you're in an openish world and you're literally gated. There's a gate that you can't walk past. It would be like in Teardown if there was a big line in the middle of the map and it's like, you can't go over here yet. And you hit that line, you're like, but I want to go there now because I'm here now. That's, the I think, the difference between those two things. It's kind of like if if mom and dad don't show me the issues, then they're in a happy marriage. It's, there's no it's problems there. Looking at it. <laughs> there's no reason to question it. I always knew you were great at analogies. I mean, I I I stretch, I grasp. <laughs> um, Kiki, you played Teardown quite recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I remember you playing that on stream. Um, so that's obviously one of the new games you've been playing. What else have you been playing? The games that I've been playing recently, uh, I I kind of suffer just by playing with what's exciting to me at the moment and I, I I struggle to finish games like it's something I, I think is ingrained in my personality they'll say oh Kiki he he can be funny uh he's nice and he doesn't complete games uh, <laughs> and um I've been I've been playing a few uh the ones that I've got on my list um I played Left 4 Dead 2 with with Justin and uh, some other pals recently, as well as Back for Blood. And they're just the exact same game. It's basically Left 4 Dead 3, a zombie game with your friends. It's chaos. It's it's just a good time to hang out. And they're um, like great fun. Yeah, they, they, it's a lot of screaming. It's a lot of screaming <laughs> and trying to understand what everyone's saying while everyone's screaming. And Mark likes as to horrible as that sounds, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's pure bliss. Um <laughs> Uh, so I've been playing that recently and I, I feel like I need to keep them going, um, just because of the sheer amount of joy that I have from them. And it's not one of those games that you complete. So I can't, my excuse to not complete a game is fine. I don't have That's to worry fine. about it's it with good. those games. Yeah. Um, other games I've been playing, uh, I suppose it's, these are the games I would class as like brain dead games where you just chuck it on. You don't have to think about it and you lose two hours of your life and if you've got nothing else to do it's kind of like the best thing to to do with your time and that's nba and and black ops the cold war uh which i which i thought i wasn't gonna buy at all and then fomo struck and i bought it and i told people you saw about all your it. friends playing it no, and then fo on. yeah I fomo to, struck I, everyone else i'm gonna tell this story <laughs> so kiki had mentions that it's it's him, me, our friend Mark, our friend Hugh, and Bobby, our friend Bobby. It, in this little 
zombie group chat where we we're coming together every weekend to play a zombie game yeah which and typically are four player games and there's five of us which is always fun it's always a little, oh bit, a little bit awkward yeah um so kiki messages the group on a monday and he's like should i buy the new call of duty and i'm like <laughs> no it's like you know i've known kiki six seven months now and i'm like i could just tell this isn't one of your games i could just tell it's not it's like not your thing and he would, our friend Hugh was like, I oh, know, I don't have it. And me and Mark are like, and Bobby are like, we have it. It's fun. But like, you know, there are other Hugh things that we can play together. Hugh was straight up saying he doesn't want it. Yeah. Hugh was like, I'm not buying it. It doesn't look like a fun game. So we have a talk and we're like, we should play World War Z instead. Because it's on Game Pass. It's free. We all have Game Pass. We should just do that. And Kiki's like, okay, good shout. Three hours later, he's like, I bought Call of Duty anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the thing where if... There's a like a spark of excitement and you mix it in a glass with FOMO and you put it down and you go, okay, well, I've been advised not to because we have other alternatives and they'll be fun. No doubt that we'll have a blast at World War Z when we play it. Um, but it's just there. It's like someone's just shone a light on that little glass of, yeah, you want to buy it and everyone's playing it and you can't talk about it and you want to join that conversation and, and then you spend 40 quid on it and it's there and it's, and it's fine. But typically with, with, with that sort of issue, I, I don't play the game afterwards, but with Cold War, I think maybe the, the fact that I've got Hugh who also succumbed to the FOMO and... Uh, spark glass concoction mess that was staring at him after I bought it. Um, we've been regularly playing the game and I don't think I would have enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I do if I wasn't socially playing. And I think that's where your um, argument of, well, I know you, this isn't the kind of game that you want to play. But because I've been playing with you guys um, on Left 4 Dead, Back 4 Blood, the social aspect of it was the only thing that was the the factor in that. And Cold War, I was like, okay, well, you guys have got it. Maybe we can jump on zombies. Yeah, the social aspect made me buy it. And it's I've I've been playing it weekly and I've been enjoying it. But I don't know. Call of Duty is Call of Duty. Am I right? <laughs> social gaming is something that just has always called to me. Like I, I you know, the moment I'm I'm constantly chasing that moment where I was playing Goldeneye on an N64 at my friend's house on a Saturday with four of us playing script, uh, split screen. Mm -hmm. And just that alone was enough to keep my, you know, inner flame for video games going during that like entire teenage part of my life. Like I like when I first got Halo, it was like, oh, cool. I could we can recreate Goldeneye with Halo. And we did. And then once Halo the Internet, days. yes, once the Internet came out and we were like, we could all stay at home and do this uh and keep playing games together it's like i've never stopped and so it's so funny because bobby our friend was never much of a social gamer um you know he had his friends that he would occasionally play games with but he played a lot of single player games and like he was like oh i just can never meet up with you guys and it's like you get that taste of being with your friends and playing destiny for example and then and it's everything's like, ruined. <laughs> it's like every night he's on, he's on now. Like he, we have time to play single player games because we're like, yeah, we got to get into destiny. We got to do this raid. And then we got to play some Warzone, And then we got to play some 
you know, zombies with Kiki. And I, especially now, it's just like, it's amazing because a lot of my wife's friends are like, oh, we, like, we miss you guys. We never get to see you. And it's just like, I don't feel that way with my friends at all. I talk to them every day. Every day I'm talking yeah. to my friends and just jumping online and playing. And it's like once you're in that mode, there's really that nothing that can really replicate it. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember as a kid, I had what you're talking about. It was with Gears of War. Um, every, every, uh, every day after school finished, we all went home, booted up Gears of War, and we did a four-on-four on, four on uh, a map called River where there was a sniper on either side and I was always the sniper one and my brother always got pissed off because I ended up being better than him and I was younger than him and I was the player too. So that was that was something I was proud of. But it was it's it was that moment of going home every day um as a kid where you don't have adult responsibilities, you're not expected to do much, you just go home, you sit down and you play. And it those moments playing with my friends I tried so hard to replicate for a very, very long time. And it's not until 2020, the worst year I've been alive uh, in, the, in the grand scheme of like um, world events. Mm-hmm. I have had finally kind of like that feeling replicated. And I, I, my main one was on Back for Blood. And it was with Justin... Uh, Hugh and uh, and Mark, and it was just because it kind of reminded me of that time way back when when responsibilities were minimal and we could just do what we want. And it's weird because all these platinum AAA games are coming out, and it's Back for Blood. Not even an alpha came out, and it's because of the social aspect. This is the highlight of my year, it's just playing that and replicating the mood that I felt when I was a kid back at school playing Gears River style. I know yeah. that map. It's a good map. It's a great map, but they keep using it every single Gears game. <laughs> Make some new maps. It makes maps. me kind of sad. It makes me kind of sad because when I was um, when I was a kid growing up, I never really had that. I never really had friends. I had friends, obviously, but none of my friends played video games. So I never really had that kind of thing where I was playing online with them. Um, and even now, pretty much all of my irl friends um don't play video games either and it's only really since i started streaming and kind of meeting all these people who are also into video games that i've actually had friends to play with which sounds really sad but it's true so i I can't i can't replicate but i'm enjoying it now (laughs) yeah i i wouldn't say it's sad i would say it's uh (laughs) it's a beginning really yes it's a beginning all of my IRL friends are now my associates and all of my online friends became my IRL friends because I talk to them more than I talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's funny the way that that goes, you know, people come, they go, but video games are forever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Friendships come and go. Games are life. <laughs> Never give up on games. No. So, um, obviously we've got Kiki here. This is the only time. This is the only time you're going to be here. So I kind of want to know a bit more about you. I want to know when you started streaming and what made you get into it. Oh, um, pressure's on, eh? Uh, mm-hmm. So streaming was 
basically the evolution of YouTube. Um, way back when, when I was going by Fiola, which no one else can say. Uh, R.I.P. Fiola. <laughs> R.I.P. Fiola. Don't be mad. It's over. Be happy it happened. Um, <laughs> way back when I was Fiola, I was doing YouTube, which was all about uh, gameplay, um, vlogs. Basically, I was trying to be fun with my games and show off what I could do. And like that was kind of the that's kind of the person I am is I want to create a little moment and show it off so everyone can be a part of it with me and youtube was the place to do that for a while but eventually um the effort that goes into making these videos um didn't really warrant the conversation or the effort that i was getting back um which in 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 short meant i was failing at youtube uh, mainly because i either wasn't putting the effort in that was needed but I just like that instant conversation piece and, and kind of going to into where I am now, which is streaming on Twitch, um, is that back and forth and that sense of community, which I didn't get uh, on YouTube. But um, with streaming, I think I only started really around March last year. I think that's when I hit affiliate. I'm not Pretty sure. Pretty much same as me. Oh, uh, I think I started in, in 2018 in March, but I hit affiliate in November uh, of 2018, maybe? 2009? I'm not sure. I really don't know my, my own... It's fine. We don't need dates. It's fine. <laughs> I've had my Twitch account from 2014. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's been there for a while. I just hadn't been using it. And um, I basically started Twitch just because I wanted that conversation. Um, I had no friends on the site, uh, no connections, and I was literally starting as a, as a loner. Um, and wasn't bringing anyone over from YouTube because I th the ones that did better were the vlogs, with the life stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to focus on gaming because that's where my interests lie. I don't, I don't care about life. <laughs> um, that's not true. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lols. Uh, so yeah, um... Streaming for me is just about having a laugh with people and it being uh, a back and forth. And that's basically how I got into streaming. I get what you mean. It must be difficult because um, I've only kind of recently started uploading videos to YouTube and they're not even like purposefully kind of made for YouTube. But I can imagine if you, you upload something and then you're kind of just sitting and twiddling your fingers until the kind of view counts go up and you get comments. But with Twitch... You're sat there, you're live, and people are talking to you. So I can totally understand why you kind of leaned way more towards Twitch once you started it. Yeah, the, the website itself, Twitch, was just foreign. Did, did, did either of you come to Twitch and have no idea what was going on? Because I think I'd only, I'd only been watching people on Twitch for about a, a month, maybe maybe two before i actually started streaming myself i was so new to all of it yeah um and it is it's a completely different world i had dabbled in it before in my previous podcast life it was like oh we have a podcast we should also do some streaming and so i had ventured out and tried it so yeah i've had my twitch account probably 
about the same time as Kiki and it's just basically gone unused and I, I was on my old podcast account and I got a taste of it but never really saw the desire to keep going with it until this year it's a good year for twitch for us by the way absolutely yeah i think i think twitch was a good escape for a lot of people mm. um so so it's been a while now uh what do you think have been your kind of favorite things about streaming and what are your least favorite things about streaming like what what bits of it you're just like oh god i hope that doesn't happen again like what do you really dislike I guess if we anything. can we can we'll, we'll we can start with the lows and then we can end on highs, right? End on a high, always. Yeah. I, I do that every night before Bad we go news to bed. First. I always ask Rachel what's what's a high and a low, and we start <laughs> with the low. So we go, oh, that's sad. Now tell me your high, and then we go, oh, I've forgotten the low already. Um, so some of the the lows that I find with with Twitch is that um, you know, working a nine to five and streaming outside of that is a lot of people managing energy management um and trying to find a balance where you are who you are and it like in your energy is there you're you're streaming because you want to and um you have the energy to like to do to actually do it rather than just show up and wing it because i've tried winging it it doesn't work <laughs> um nope. and my advice to anybody who's streaming is if you really don't want to do it but you feel obligated just take some time to figure it out and then come back like don't feel obligated it's, it's about you and and that and that's the main thing so it's it's like the the low is it twitch can feel like a race um which is tiresome and when you're doing a lot of other things, sometimes you can't, you literally don't have the energy to keep up. Um, another thing that I used to struggle with, which I think I'm fine with now, and that's kind of like going full circle to YouTube days, is that during a quiet stream, it feels very, very quiet. <laughs> it's very, it's very disheartening. Um, when you've finally found time, you have your energy, you sort a schedule, you're ready to go, you hit that button, you go live, you talk, and no one talks back. It can be disheartening, but I find that with every low, you kind of have to figure out a way to turn it into a high or something that you can at least work with. And now when I'm streaming, um, I try to stream as though I'm making a YouTube video and that the energy will be in some way, um, I suppose, rewarded or at least acknowledged um, as long as I'm giving it and I'm, I'm putting it out there at some point. So if, if it starts low, then, you know, turn the view count off. Don't pay attention to the chat and just really find parts of the of the stream of the stream that is going well and focus on that so like dance like no one's watching sort of thing <laughs> it's it is so difficult honestly when you're sat there playing a game and you know people are there and you're kind of talking away and just hoping that someone will start talking to you 
it can be really demotivating. But um, I I can't remember who said it, but I think it was a a tweet maybe. And someone said, um, people lurking in my stream when they're just kind of sat there, they're watching me or they've just got me on in the background and they're not talking. Rather than seeing it as a a bad thing, see it as a kind of comforting thing that they want to listen to you. They might not be able to kind of participate in the chat and talk to you. But they're enjoying listening to you, whether they're just working, do whatever they're doing. Um, and yeah, just to look at it as as a comforting thing that they they still want to hang out with you. And that's the kind of way that I try to look at it now. With and it, that that helped. Yeah, with with that in mind, like the the lurkers and and the g- general quietness. Um, it's not it's not a bad thing if there's if someone's there anyway. Because the most valuable currency that we have as people is our time. And if someone is willing to drop a bit of that time on you in any shape or form, it's uh, it's a good thing. And ultimately, it may be quiet, but you just got to keep being you and present the best version of you and and these people are already they're there they're giving you that time it exists and not to take it personally because it life happens like sometimes i'm cooking and i'll have a stream on and i don't expect them to think craig kiki is not paying me any attention and so on because that's a silly that's a silly mindset i've got you on I'm, i'm giving you my time and i try to apply that to anyone that even remotely shows up in any shape or form yeah absolutely and i'm always lurking in people's streams but i just like to kind of support them anywhere i can it's, when i can't it's all talk to them it's all i basically do especially when i'm watching <laughs> you guys across the ponds is when you guys are streaming i'm at work so mm-hmm. i it's 3 a.m my... when you're streaming <laughs> yeah when i'm streaming you guys are asleep i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm there no, actually I'm no, both, the both of you are actually awake <laughs> yeah we're most, tired in the morning most people yeah, yeah. in your situation would be asleep but you guys are awake uh but yeah like <laughs> i i it, it, as a viewer of those streams i always feel bad like oh, i'd love to jump in there and say something but sometimes it's like you know life gets in the way and so like we yeah. I had a friend come back and like have their comeback stream today our friend swift and like i jumped in and was just like i have a crazy day ahead of me but i want to let you know i'll be lurking and like i didn't say anything for the rest of the day but, like, at least she knows that I was there to, you know, support in whatever way I could. And that's nice. That's nice. All right. Now hit us with the good stuff. Yeah. Lay it on me. The good stuff? Oh, mm. okay. I don't have any of those. Sorry. It's just a low. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> well, we've touched on it already. But um, the the main highs for me with streaming is the social aspect. It's the social gaming that comes from it um i've made relationships with with folk that now i can play games with that i've been searching for my entire entire life um so to to make these bonds that um feel larger than twitch is the greatest gift and it's the thing that i love about streaming is that someone completely new doesn't know a thing about you stumbles across your stream says says hi you say hi and then all of a sudden you're podcasting with them um 
They're, that's like the, <laughs> the best thing about Twitch. You, you, you put yourself out there and there are people like you. And that's my favorite thing is the social, social aspect of it. Um, as a creative, it's where I get to put all my personal creative energy into. I get to float the, uh, my interest of playing games with the things that I like to create and make and turn it into blah, it's Tanuki Bomb. And I think that's wonderful because it's like an itch that needs scratched and getting the creative side out on Twitch is, is a wonderful, and it's, it's an easy way to do it. I think you're so you're so good at the creative stuff. It made me laugh because I think I think it was it was just stream the other day. Someone came in and was just like, "Your production is intense." Yeah. So they said something <laughs> along those lines, and I was just like, "But that's it, though, because that's if you've if you've never watched a Tanuki Bomb stream, um, you should. The production the production is incredible. Like Kiki's creativity is amazing." He he's kind of he's he's blushing now. But his his um his scenes, his transitions, his the way that he works that stream deck is Stream Deck Mini, I might. It's a, it's <laughs> envious. It's a talent. Honestly. Like I think Peach and I were actually talking about this off air the other day. We were talking about like some people just have it and like <laughs> you're one of them where the um the transitions and the stream deck and the laugh track, like the way that you juggle it seamlessly, I would be like, okay, now where is that? Okay. I'm going to hit the <laughs> laugh track or the golf clap. And this is like, some people just like have that thing about them that you do. And it yeah. makes your stream so super enjoyable. It's the sound <laughs> effects. It's the, the, the comedic timing of zooming into your face. Oh, the zoom! It's great. The it's zooms. great. It's great. I didn't understand that I was known as the Zoom guy for a while. Uh, <laughs> I kept going into streams and saying hi to, to to new streamers, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's Kiki. Oh, he's he, he's the one that does the zooms." And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't realize how present they were until someone said it, and then I'm like, "Mm-hmm." It's Every just... five seconds, there's a joke, and I zoom in on it. <laughs> But it's great. It's just part it's of so who you great. are. Yeah. yeah. It just forcing myself into your uh, computer screen. <laughs> as large <laughs> as I can be, there's my face. I'm um, very aware of the shape of your eyes. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> he knows them so well. Oh, um, thank you. I have um, a question. Says lovingly into them. I have a question for Kiki. Um, so, I mean, we talked about the highs. We talked about the lows. Um, you've been doing this very regularly since, we'll say, about let's say in 2020 i would say 2020 is the year that i decided to actually go for it and try it out i think it's, it's i don't know if it was around march that i actually decided a schedule is a good idea yeah i will try and do one and i'll stick to it rather than i have two hours here i will stream and not tell anyone about it first so what's been your favorite moment out of all of these streams if, if there's a moment that like sticks out to you that is like hell yeah that's a, that's a tough question it really 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 is and i have had i don't know weeks to prepare this answer and i still it still doesn't <laughs> really stand out to me because like the joy that i feel on each stream when 
anybody turns up. Like I say, the time is the biggest currency, the the most valuable currency that you can give. If someone turns up and just says, hey, how's it going? I, It's the little things all combining together that really stand out to me. And I could say this about my last two streams. Uh, so, I don't know, I, I feel like a, a, a Labrador and across the street someone's just shone something shiny in my face and that's the thing that I can remember, just the shiny thing, not what I was doing before. And with streaming, I can't remember anything really, except for like the current regular thing that's going on. And I'm, pl I'm playing Minish Cap and just the shared jokes that is going on with um, my character, the Link character, I've called him Spleen. And I don't know, it just feels like a sense of pride that I can make a joke and it's taken away from me into a thing that the community owns almost and everyone's just screaming spleem and it's stupid and it's all sorts of lock us up sort of thing like it's just mental and i just i don't know i just it's it's always feeling to me being a part of something and feeling accepted by that that something and i mean there's been occasions where if, uh, I don't know, life has gotten tough during 2020 or something like that. And then all these strangers that are now friends have rallied around and just been there. It's, it's, it's more the people rather than the streaming, in all honesty. That is my favorite thing. And I don't have a specific moment. I just have... People turn up and say hi, and I just lose my shiz. <laughs> I will, it's the best. I will allow you to have this very heartfelt and beautiful cop-out answer. And <laughs> it I, is a cop-out. And instead, I will tell you quickly what my favorite stream you've ever done was. Oh, okay, Fred. That is, is good, because this is exactly what I need. <laughs> what is, <laughs> I said this before we went live with the podcast. I don't remember the things that I like until someone tells me I've liked them. And then I go, holy crap, I love that oh, moment. Oh, yeah. One word. What's... It's uh, Krimla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know oh, who's, who's best suited to tell the story, me or you. Um, <laughs> Krimla. Yeah. So... That was a funny moment. That was uh That was the funniest moment you've for ever me. done, I think. <laughs> so for context, um <laughs> I've had this chair for a while and uh on stream I covered it in like googly eyes and drawings and turned it into a, a character. And then when that got old I took them off and when I took those off it made my chair all gross and horrible and it like flakes apart now so i have like plastic on the back of my neck um so i would cover it and for a long time i used a towel this towel was white and it was just there i just put it on the chair and um for some reason i decided to draw on it i don't remember the reason why i drew on it 
I can't remember why you was going to write Crimge's name on it, but I do remember that you were trying to, because your, your camera was flipped, so you were trying to write Crimger backwards. I so remember Crim Crimger is a dear friend of ours, and um, you were trying to write it backwards, and instead of doing a J, you did an L, so you didn't do the J the right way round, so it looked like Crimler. The reason I, I put it on there was because... <laughs> The towel isn't attached to anything. There's nothing that holds the towel in place. And when I'm sat down and I'm wriggling around in my chair, every now and then the towel will fall. So I made a joke that I would put an alarm on there. And I, I don't know why we chose Krim, but we chose Krim. And I wrote Krimla because it was backwards and I suck. <laughs> and I wrote that at the bottom of the towel. So when that word appeared, it would tell me to... Like, put the towel on properly. Didn't we call it, like, crim check or something like that? Yeah, it was a crim check, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, little did I know, the towel I chose was a wedding gift. And um, my wife turned up in the stream. <laughs> and everybody, for some reason, all came to the same conclusion that Rachel shouldn't know what I had done. <laughs> <laughs> we were all quiet and we were all like hiding away and um lo and behold the crim check happened <laughs> it just rolled out there it was she saw the towel she saw it was writing and um i i had my ear chewed off for a while she and was it was so all mad. on strand you know what i can you know what i can compare it to you know like when you're a kid and you're at your friend's house and their parents were telling them off and you were sat in the same room and you're trying to like mm. not laugh and look really serious. Your mouth goes that was like what it to was the like. floor. You purse your mouth and you're like, ooh, damn. Yeah, the funny <laughs> you thing can't is, verbalize it. During you that stream, sit there quietly. During that stream, I was like, oh, she's playing it up for laughs. And then it kept going on. And I was like, actually, she I think she's mad. really mad. <laughs> I think it was about four or five streams later that we found out that she's still mad. <laughs> um so god bless you rachel <laughs> yeah i don't think i'd sweated any harder so i was glad there was a towel there <laughs> got ink on my forehead but <laughs> it was it was a tough stream it was a fun stream for everyone else and it was the it was one of the hardest ones for me that was the that was the test of your marriage <laughs> that's called content <laughs> the things i do for content i'm always the guy who takes the joke extra and uh, gets sent out. <laughs> That's why we love you. <laughs> so we we kind of need to get down to the reason why we're all here, which is obviously, if you if you want to close your eyes, maybe and just imagine this. I close mine as well. You find yourself on a deserted island. You don't know why you're there. You don't know how you got there. You stumble upon this magic tree that can give you the enjoyment. Of five video games for the rest of time. I love this tree. What do you choose? <laughs> is it is it me? We we already it's went, you. so yes, it's you. It's you. Yeah, we've already been. It's your turn now. <laughs> I was fully immersed. I kind of wanted you to continue setting the scene. I was like, I should have done, is... done the sleepover whispers. I'm so sorry. ASMR, come on. Where... I was he like, loves where it is when this I do island? ASMR. Where is it based? <laughs> what kind of fauna is on know, there? We don't know, Kiki. That's, that's irrelevant. Oh, the tree. Tell us your games. Focus on the tree. Okay. Um, 
so uh i deliberate this one for a while uh i got i put some honorable mem- mentions in there as well mm-hmm. um but they won't be coming from the tree the tree is not that kind i bet the tree has them but won't give them to me anyway uh game number <laughs> 1 i would say for me was will be fire emblem three houses and the reason i choose that game is that tactics tile based games are my bread and butter i will play them as i fall asleep and while i'm sleeping and then when i wake up i realized i've completed the game and i should restart it um i chose three houses specifically this was tossed up between shadow uh shadows of valencia um on the 3ds the echoes one i don't know if you guys know much about fire emblem but it's so i don't but three houses has always intrigued me because the character the drawn characters were so good that i took one of them and made the icon of her lanny's picture in my phone (laughs) oh do you know what character it was the one with the purple hair and the little mark under the eye oh what's her name oh petra petra she's a Yeah. Of the Black I, Eagles. I, I kind of wanted to play this game and just never got around to it, so I'm I'm excited that you're talking about it. Yeah, it's it's basically I find that Fire Emblem are a ten out of ten on these kind of games. There are other kind of games like uh Final Fantasy Tactics that are similar, but Fire Emblem I think takes the cake. Basically the the plot of Three Houses are you're a a teacher at a school or a, a monastery. And uh, there are three houses uh, that take rule over certain parts of the land or like the world um, that we find ourselves in. And you get to choose one of three leaders that will rule their regions. And um, through it, you can recruit other students uh, from other houses and so on, or you can just true it with the specific house. In this one, there is the Black Eagles, the Blue Lions, and for some reason, I can't remember the yellow ones, but they're cool. It's because I've never picked them and I don't want to. (laughs) I am too hardcore on the characters in Black Eagles, Um, especially Elder Elder God. Oh my God. Anyway, um, it's a tactics-based game. Tile, you level up your characters, uh, you um, bond your units together, which can be solely just to gain stat boosts or to go down the romantic route of making them fall for each other. Uh, Other Fire Emblem games go further into this where if your units get together, they will have a kid and then that kid becomes part of the army, which is funny because it's basically just huck two people up that you like so they have a kid and then you put them to war. It's life here in America. (laughs) Too real. (laughs) Too real. Um... I like these games for me personally, just because I kind of talked about it before with like NBA that it's kind of one of my drone games where I can just play it time after time after time. And specifically, if the tree was going to give me a game that I would never get bored of, it would be a tactics game where I can test out different relationships with different characters and different job roles um, for these characters to have. So you can have like swordsman, like a mage sort of thing like that. And I just find that there's so many ways that you can play it differently. Um, And in Three Houses specifically, there are 
three houses in DLC. There's a fourth one, a secret fourth one, which uh, I'm playing now as I I put it away for the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm currently playing it anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my first one just because I straight up can't get enough of it. That's awesome. When I'm in a slump and I have no other game to play, I can play Fire Emblem and just lose hours. Rachel will ask me if I've showered in three days and I'll be like, I played it in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I clean. I clean. Don't get any don't get any thoughts. I smell good. <laughs> um but you guys haven't really touched it, so you don't no. really know much about it. I mean, I've seen enough to know that I I'd seen enough to where I wanted to try it. And uh it's just one of those games where every time it goes on sale, I'm like, maybe now? Like but I know it's a long game. And it is so a very long game. I have to be able to like jump in and commit probably 40 to 60, 70 hours in that game. And I will do it one day because the characters, just the look of the characters was enough to make me want to jump in. Yeah, the art style is the main thing that drew me to Fire Emblem, especially on the older games. Uh, Shadow of Valentia has the best art style of all the Fire Emblem games in my mind, but... Um, the characters are for sure the main reason, one of the main reasons why I like this game over other games. So yeah, that's that's my first game that I wish the tree to to dawn upon me. Um, I've awesome. already put in a hundred and odd hours, if not two hundred, and I just I want the tree to give it to me now, basically. I, um, I have seen over the past because um, I kind of I'm always on my Switch at night as well and like playing Animal Crossing and stuff, and I have seen a few times. Mm-hmm. There's a little online pop-up where you're That's playing Fire Emblem. So to be honest, I, w- I wasn't surprised by this choice. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was always going to be my number one. Um, <laughs> I just I find it funny whenever you're on late at night and someone pops up. And I'm like, hello, fellow connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I can move on to my next one. Uh, Go for it. I, f- I reckon this one would just be maybe on lots of people's lists but zelda breath of the wild where can you go wrong with breath of the wild it was on justin's list and it almost made it to mine yeah exactly it's a great game you can lose so much time on that game i think going into the five games answer basically i looked at it at games where i can just play it over and over and over again and not so much like almost my enjoyment of the game because I do enjoy every single one of these, but it's more that it's that replayability and being able to just jump back in and try something new or do something a different way. The reasons why I want to go back into Breath of the Wild is just watching the crazy stuff that YouTubers and TikTokers and stuff are doing with the Sheikah Slate and combat and flying around the map on a log. I just, I want to do these things and I want to be good at these things that playing that game, I will lose, well, I will gain a very large beard. Um, (laughs) And that's mainly why it's on that list. It's just, there's so much you can do. I've never 100%ed it, so that's something that I've been interested in, just haven't had the time. But if I'm stuck on an island... Then what else am I gonna do? I'm not gonna Got nothing, nothing but time. Don't have the internet. <laughs> Unless it's my got island, a land cable. My island had the internet. Oh, 
Yeah, so it, uh, the internet only works when you're playing a multiplayer game that the game tree has spawned. It's, uh, it, don't uh, don't question it. It's just the yes, way it works. Of course, of course, the tree. <laughs> that tree, Wi-Fi for days, but didn't tell me it's it's not written on there. At least I didn't see the code. Um, <laughs> game three is uh, Play Dead's Inside. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah! All right, it's uh, it's literally an A to B game. You walk left, uh, you walk right, right, and then you get to the end, and then you but walk left. It was again, it was a toss up between Inside and Limbo. I like both games by Play Dead, and I can't wait for the next one. And I'm saying this, and Justin's just looking so confused at me right now. Like, why really are we doing? Because <laughs> you talked about replayability, so like, how, go on. Explain, to, explain <laughs> well, to me this choice. Let me tell you. Explain. So for those of you who haven't played the game, uh, Inside is uh, about a boy. And he, uh, he starts in a forest. And he walks through loads of different scenarios. Uh, he goes through a farmland. Uh, he, he goes through forests. He goes through a city which has like people being controlled by like mind control almost. Uh, then you end up in like a room flooded and it looks like a, a facility that was used and it's, it's all destroyed basically. And it, basically the game explains the narrative through the world. There is no dialogue in it. Nothing that basically I would say tells a story outside the, the landscape that you walk through. And the reason that I like that is because... As a person, like I talked about it before, sometimes I see games as programs if I see like walls and so on. But this one in my mind is so perfect in its visuals and how simple it is that it's everything I would want to make my game like if I was ever to make a game um, because I was dumbfounded by the beauty of the settings, uh, like there's wood scenes where I felt like I was... I was there because, I don't know, the lighting, the characters, the tension that is built up in those certain moments. I would want to make a game exactly like Limbo and use British iconography. And a lot of times I've been sat there going, I should do that. I should do that. And then I start taking pictures of landscapes around where I live and signs and stuff. And I'm like, I should make a game like this. And then I just realized that I'm not a game developer and it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> and I work a day job. Um... But I just, I can play that game over and over again. And at one point, I was very proud of myself because I accidentally almost got a speedrun world record with all the collectibles. And I wasn't trying to just wow. because I know the game. But the thing that, that gets me about Inside and the reason why I chose it is plain on the fact that I just love the visuals. That's it. I just love the visuals and I love the eerie story and I could just stare at it for days. Have I'm going to stare at it, it after this. Peach, yeah. have, you, have you ever played Insider Limbo? I've played Limbo. I haven't played Inside, oh. but Lim Limbo was, I, I really enjoyed Limbo. Limbo's I, I great. Loved, it was, it was just so different and I just loved, I loved how it looked and I loved what they did with it. And um, yeah. Some it, of the, it, um, theories about the story of limbo are the main reasons why i like that game you start off in a forest much like you do inside and then you you run through this entire world you 
meat creatures, gigantic spiders, bullies, um, environmental issues that will kill you, factories and all this sort of thing. Um, but the theories in Limbo are crazy. It's like about a boy who dies and tries to find his way out of Limbo and all the theories about why he died. There's the treehouse one. He fell out of a treehouse. And, and then he goes through the entire game and ends up at the treehouse. And it's about him coming to terms with it. It's, I like stories that let you figure it out. And that's what I like about Inside as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got another game. Got two, <laughs> I got two, two more. Go. Um, Still going. <laughs> uh, game four that I, I want the tree to give me would be Final Fantasy IX. And I choose that one. I, I like to say what game it is and then just stare at your faces. Before it's, I... it's an interesting... Final Fantasy IX specifically is an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a 7 and 8 girl. But, I mean, uh... 7 and 8... Well, 7 is awesome. Mm. 8, I didn't like it. I just really? I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like Squall. I was just like, Squall, chill out, mate. I'm bored <laughs> I bored of you. Look at your little coat. You silly little coat. <laughs> Don't like your coat, Squall. So I won't play the game. <laughs> As somebody who doesn't really play Final Fantasy games and for my entire life has been on the outside looking in, I'm aware of what the ones that are popular are. And so to hear you say nine, it's not one that I hear very often. So like, what mm. is it about this game that it, makes you pick it? With Final Fantasy games, especially on the PlayStation 1 and 2, they're essentially the same. It's just turn-based combat uh, with interesting characters and you go from start to finish and it's a journey that is too long that sometimes you don't finish it. And that's basically a Final Fantasy game. And Which is, yeah, I was going to say, that's often the case with Final Fantasy games. All God, Final Fantasy games. So long. Yeah. Don't finish them. Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Which brings me why to why I chose 9. Uh, my favourite character in all final fantasy games is the tragic soul that is vivi he's this little black mage the reason i liked him is because he had a cool hat he had these awesome trousers and coat he could do magic but also he's kind of like the emo of final fantasy and for some reason at the time i just resonated with him i was like you little sad sad boy that's me i like I could, you i could be you yeah i like i like vivi but in all seriousness, <laughs> I just, I loved his character design. Um, and I kind of like the art style. It's, it's, with, with me, games, it's very important to have a good art style that brings me towards it. And it's funny that I choose Final Fantasy IX because I would say I've started this game more times than I've started any other game I've ever played. And I have never finished it. That's a good choice. Well, now, you yeah. now you can. Now you can. All of eternity <laughs> to finish this game. I I do, which is why it's <laughs> on my list. It's so so good. I I absolutely love the combat. The story is is as good as a Final Fantasy story can get. Really, like it's it's interesting. Um, but Final Fantasy is my jam. Again, turn based combat. It's strategy. It's with interesting characters. It's kind of similar to why I chose Fire Emblem, but I've I've had it on PC, I've had it on the OG PlayStation, and now I have it on my Switch. I might actually finish it, 
But who knows? But who freaking knows? The island knows. The tree knows. But that's on my tree list. Tree knows all. Tree knows everything. It just keeps awesome. giving me these games that I want. I'm like, thanks, tree. Uh, and I suppose the final game uh, would be a Game Boy Color game. Could be showing age. I was young. Old school. I love it. Uh, is Mario still not, as, still not Still not as old as us. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Mario mean, Tennis. Yeah. Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Color. Um, there's no way I was going to make this list and not have a Mario game. Uh, Fair. Primarily because I absolutely love Mario. Or Mario. As you should actually say it. But I don't. I love him and I don't say his name right. Um, kind of like Justin with me. I 100% was thinking that. But Mario, Mario, Mario. I, I say Mario. Yeah, I, say Mario. I think it's maybe a British thing. <laughs> um, I have such a connection to the branding, the characters and everything that I am always instantly drawn to the games when they have Mario in it. Um, love Odyssey, love Kingdom Battle, which is a tactics game. So totally my jam. Uh, the sixty-four car Mario Kart and Mario Party, but the one that pips it is Mario Tennis for me on the Game Boy Color because it's just my childhood growing up was I would do what most kids do when they have a handheld console, and with the Game Boy Color it was even more of a challenge because it didn't have a backlight. So when oh, the yeah. lights went off, you had to plug in a little light that either came with the console and you could just port it in. And there was this weird little twizzly. Yeah, thing. the little I, twizzly lamp. Yeah, yeah we yeah, all yeah. had it. And <laughs> they were stupid because they created a screen glare, but it was better than nothing. <laughs> um, it was either that or you, you used a torch or something. And I just have such a soft spot for this game because I would be playing it at night and then my mum would come in and I would hide under the duvet with it and pretend I'm asleep. Tenderously. We all did it. We yeah, all absolutely. did it. And this yeah. was my game that I did this with. But it's such a simple game. But you have like stats, you have abilities, you go against the Mario crew, and you basically go. I, I think I like the setting of going through a school and graduating, and then kind of like how I like Persona 5. You, you are in the school and you do other things outside of it, but the school is the setting. With Mario Tennis, you're in a tennis academy. And I, I don't know what it was, but it's like it's, it felt like going through school, tennis school, and getting better. And then you get greeted by all of your favorite Mario characters. And I, was, I used to play tennis growing up as well. I was going to say, are you, are you good at tennis in real life? I used to be. I probably can't run from the left to the right side very well now. I'd have to be a net player. I wouldn't be very good at a baseline game. Might be a strong, hard hitter, though, because saps for days, bruh. Uh, <laughs> Those guns. <laughs> which way is the beach? Um, and can I take a taxi to it? Because I'm too lazy. Um, yeah, I, tennis and Mario combined. I, you know, Mario's going down, and Kiki will be the Mushroom Kingdom Grand Slam champ again. And... That's it's just the reason I love the game. It's my childhood. It's the epitome of my childhood and I could play it. It's always about playing it in different ways and with stats as an ability is kind of like replayability in that sense where you can be a net player or you can be a hard hitter or you can be a baseline player and then try and take on Mario and it doesn't go well. 
Sometimes. <laughs> Did you ever play um, Mario Tennis Aces? Yeah, I absolutely loved it, but I traded it. Yeah. <laughs> I traded no. it in. Um, I think the, the thing that I liked about the Game Boy Color version and that didn't translate well into the new one is with older games, I feel like they gave you everything. They went, you can have it all. There's all the characters that you like. There you go. And I don't know if Nintendo did this intentionally, but they did it with Mario Party where they go. They did it with Mario Kart as well. They bring out a game. Zelda um, DLC comes out. You get Link on his bike for Mario Kart. And they go, ah, we'll support the game. And then nothing ever comes out for that game again. Yeah. And Mario Tennis had a limited roster. There was no real story mode. I felt like it could have been rushed almost. Like they were like, oh, we have a, a... a game series here that people love let's cash in on it and check out a new game and the game played really well i liked how like i the the controls the gameplay was was top it was it was great but it was just i like a campaign and there was nothing of that really it was, was just play against this person done cool complete the game it's like, wow. it was almost like a fighting <laughs> game in a way the mm-hmm. way that you could use your like special moves against each other and like how you could counter it felt at times like it was a weird tennis fighting game yeah there would be moments where you think you've played a good tennis play you you do a good serve you get them in the in the pocket you want them to you're about to lay that final smackdown and then they just have this ability to flick the analog stick and they're over that side and i'm like now i have to do that and I don't want to do that. I want to beat you at tennis. I don't want to punch <laughs> you to death. Um, and I, I, I get that. I, it's, I think that was just a, a new way to keep it fresh. Yeah. But that's probably why it's not coming out of the tree. <laughs> and Game Boy <laughs> Color version is. So they are my five honorable, men- honorable mentions would be Halo and Gears of War. But I didn't think the tree had internet. At least my one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's all how you see your tree see like i didn't tell peach when i was doing mine i was like no mine has internet it can connect it's not like we discussed it beforehand <laughs> you know what i find interesting though is for a, a guy who leans heavily into the pc master race four of your games are on nintendo platforms and Final Fantasy Nine, I have on my Switch. Yeah, so technically, technically, all five can be, but four of them are what a Nintendo exclusives, though. Yeah, I agree with this statement wholly. Um, I I think if you're gonna console game, do it on a PC and buy a PC because he, consoles are great, but you have to have the friends and and so on. And I think crossplay is eliminating that. Thankfully, uh, we can all play together finally, and that's what we all want. So console wars is dead in the war, and that was a main reason why I didn't really care for much on the console side. Also, just they keep here's a new generation. It's not that much different. Five hundred quid. We'll drop it later. I couldn't be bothered. So I was PC all the way as soon as I can get one and could afford one. But when it comes to console, you can't beat Nintendo because they don't try to bring out the heaviest game possible. The like the beefiest game that you need ultra graphics for they bring out family games and charming new ideas on how to play like we bought the ring fit recently and who would have thought a circle would be entertaining 
um, <laughs> like literally just a piece of plastic that you squeeze. But the Switch being handheld makes it my favorite console, and it's 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 just easy, which is complete opposite of PC, I would say. It's what I was. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but like. Like say with Stardew, for example, I have it on the PC and I have it on the Switch, and I I I have games on both of those platforms, and like there's just a comforting feel as well to having a game on the handheld, and mm. it's just a totally different kind of gaming experience that you won't get on the PC. But they're both good in their own ways. Yeah, but it's just it's great to have both. Exactly, it's that flexibility that comes with Nintendo games. They, I never had a Wii. I didn't have a Wii U. I didn't have a GameCube. I had all the handhelds. Uh, I had a 64. But like, I think ultimately to me, the best console company on Nintendo, and it's usually because they cater to that flexible gaming aspect that you can have these fun family games. You can play them with your family for one. Like they, they make party games purposefully for that reason. And they sell for that reason. But also if I'm in bed and i feel like i need to be like it might be 2 a.m i can't go downstairs boot the console up and play a game i could wake people up i could be disruptive i could just get my switch out of the drawer and just pop a game on and i think i versatility yeah i think i found the joy of these games because i played them on my terms like i had the ability to play these when and as i wanted to and with a switch or a handheld console, that was the best way to do it. Fair enough. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. And then we can be in that, like, 2 a.m. club when a little pop-up comes up and goes, <laughs> Kiki is playing Fire Emblem Three Houses <laughs> and should be asleep, but is a naughty boy. <laughs> and will be tired in the morning and complain about it. <laughs> coffee. Am I right? I can never have too much coffee. So they're my five games. Wow. Good, I mean, the hope is that over the course of this podcast, we'll hear hundreds of these lists. I yeah. don't know if I'll feel as surprised I, as I did at any mention of a game more than I did for Inside. That one yeah, kind of like caught still me see your face way, now. way blindsided me in a big way. Um, mm. But I that's mean, awesome. There's flavors in there that just straight up go, yeah, I can see that was me. I can see that. I can see why he plays that game. It's his jam. And then Inside is like, it's a personal game, I suppose. And it's a great, it's a great game. I was very much hoping we would see what Play Dead's new game was during the Game Awards. That was like my kind of little bet with Bobby. I, I was like, I bet you we'll see it there. And I had my fingers crossed. Nothing. My fingers are still crossed. I haven't uncrossed them. <laughs> they hurt now. I just want to see something. The, the only thing we've seen from Play Dead on that new game is there's like a parachute man yeah. or something and they showed that cliff like not long after inside came out it's like mm -hmm. maybe a couple month or two after inside came out they're like oh this is a a piece of image uh, like an uh, art from our new game and it's been radio silent since for mm -hmm. multiple years now i've been on that on play dead's website signed up to the newsletter and like poke me if news comes out uh and nothing um soon i mean i have no problem waiting for games i liked cuphead when it was announced like eight years before it came out and when it came out i loved it and i hated it and it's very hard but it's beautiful did you ever beat it no no 
I played it with my friend Johnny, and then he moved away, and then we stopped playing it. I blame him. That's actually a harder game to Dang, play Johnny. in co-op than it is by yourself. It is oh, it's much, tough. It's much <laughs> harder in co-op. Yeah, Johnny would just die and then just sit there and watch me play for a bit. And <laughs> I would be playing. I felt like I was playing with that extra times multiplayer. You were. And yeah, <laughs> it was tough. Anyway, that was a humble <laughs> brag. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I'm just better at uh, Cuphead than Johnny. It's like, well, whatever. I mean, I, I, I beat Cuphead, so... Oh, that, is that because you're, you were alone or you just had friends to be there and not move away? No, I uh, I played that game 100% by myself. And towards the end of that game, the bosses got to a part where it's like I was loathing them. I was like, I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, because like you jump into that game and it's like kind of like, OK, let me see the mechanics and then I'll figure it out. And then you beat it. And they kept getting a little bit more and more complicated. And it was like, I, I don't want to see what's next. I'm afraid of the ne- what the next thing is going to be. And yeah, I beat that game on a Saturday afternoon. And I was like, I'll never play this again. Beautiful. I love how he, re- he remembers what day. It was a Saturday afternoon. So the I, weather outside I remember was it so brisk. Well. <laughs> it was that monumental that you actually remember what you day it was. You should have seen me raging at this game. <laughs> For I'll say a solid month. They can't be just in rage. It's like pure anger. Yeah. But it comes in small doses almost. It's like there it is and it's gone. It's, it's, yeah. it's pure and, hate. And and we love it. Just a little bit of hate. Just to get you through. Tiny bit. On a Saturday. <laughs> On a Saturday. When I beat the devil. <laughs> because my faith was strong enough. See how I tie that into the beginning? Hey, Peach, if you want to be... Gotta have faith. Yeah, you gotta have faith. <laughs> Level up that faith, girl. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. Never never apologize for terrible humor. Kiki, thank you so much for joining us on the game tree. It's been great figuring out the five games that you would choose yeah it's it's been wonderful i've been i'm aware that we we talked about it before we started and it's like ah, oh, we can we can do around an hour ish is like an hour and a bit is the mark and we're, we're pushing that two hour mark we're, we're still chatting away and i'm now trying to wrap things up <laughs> i mean i could just start talking i'm kidding <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you here um where can everyone find you um in person, they shouldn't at the moment. <laughs> Give uh, us your address. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the best place to find me um, is twitch.tv slash Tanuki Bomb. And that's the Mario spelling. T-A-N-O-O-K-I. Um, so Tanuki Bomb is my Twitch handle. It's also my Instagram. So you can add Tanuki Bomb. Um, I have a TikTok, which I I'm I feel too old for, but I'm going to give it a good old go. So that's Tanuki Bomb as well. Um, but yeah, mainly my Instagram and my Twitch are the places to be. Awesome. And there is great quality content there. Top tier. <laughs> Always. <It's> top. <laughs> top. <laughs> Justin, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at... Um... Justin underscore says underscore hey, and you could also find me at Twitch at the same name. 
because Justin's going to be streaming. I'm going to be solo streaming soon. I'm so excited. I'm glad somebody is, because I'll find that excitement somewhere. <laughs> oh, I can't wait I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with my, my pom-poms cheering you on. Yeah. Um, going to stream. It's, I mean, we'll get into this, but yeah, I'm going to be streaming uh, randomly. That's the way I like. I kind of want to do it. I'm just doing it for fun. And uh, since a lot of my friends are not able to go to work right now, I figure on a day where none of my other friends are streaming, I'll pick one of those days and just get on in the morning and go until I have to go. Gonna treat us with a Justin stream. I can't wait. Do some Mario Odyssey. Amazing. Oh, I'm so ready. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I forgot about Twitter. I also have Twitter. Same you thing. You said Twitter. You said Twitter. I, I, did I? I said Twitter. Yeah, you did. Anyway, oh, sorry, I'm, it's, it's about me again. Twitter, it's a Nicky bomb. Let's go. I mean, it is about you. This podcast is revolving around you. Peach, where do we find you? Uh, so you can find me on uh, twitch.tv forward slash peach underscore please, spelt PLS. And on Instagram and Twitter, peach underscore please X. An X on the end, because peach please was taken. Those bastards. <laughs> They stole it from you. <laughs> How dare they? So, thank you guys. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel absolutely honored. And I I just, I, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you. I see. It's going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm welling up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going now. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. See you next month. The tree awaits. <laughs>